welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Starting a family business conference roundtable from the family-based business workshop. Well, thank you again for being here. We're gonna we'll make this the final the final thing. Um, and uh, what I'd like to do here is just engage these guys with any questions we've got. So I've got a stack here of questions from the audience. If something comes up, um, you can run a card up to me here, or um, or we might if we get through all of these and we've still got time, we'll we can open it up to the floor. Um, so let's get uh, let's get after it. So for Jason. Um, when starting a business, how do you balance shop talk at home? What's the, what's kind of the rule? Uh, the, have you guys established any sort of rule there, or how do you how do you guys think about that? We haven't established a rule. We probably need to, especially <laughs> with our older kids. But um, you know, you can kind of tell. You can kind of gauge your kids. It's like there's there's times when you talk about it. Obviously, you live and breathe it. But yeah. Um, there's times where you can just feel like your kids are just glazed over. They have a look on their face. I right. don't think that we've established something where we're like, hey, we're just. But that's a good question because it really, these are all these questions are questions that we're asking ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we've come to a certain point in our um, business and our kids, I mean, a lot of things are changing in our yeah. family as our older kids are yeah. you know, moving out and leaving, yeah. starting at this point in our life. So, yeah. Good question. We haven't done anything with it yet, and we definitely, my wife and I can kind of signal each other across the room, like, let's just yeah. talk about something better than business at home. So. Caleb, I feel like I've heard you talk about this. How do you guys think about that? Um, is it turned on? Uh, is there a green light? Nope. Beautiful. All right. Um, yeah, we, we ran into this issue um, at various times, and we just started a rule where we don't talk about work at, at the table. Um, okay. Dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we try to eat together every, yeah. you know, morning and evening. So just don't talk about it then. And ideally after, until the kids go to bed. Yeah. So. I feel like there's a, um, I heard this quote recently, I can't remember where, but it was, you know, uh, build the kind of life for yourself that uh, you don't want to take a vacation from. Um, and and I, think, I think there's something to building a business that, um, that you and your family, your spouse, and some of your kids are involved in, that there, there's a, there's not a, it's, it's, there's a, there's a, I think something that, that in the modern corporate workplace we're always thinking about, work-life balance, as if those are two different things. Um, and, uh, and I wonder, I, I wonder if you guys have any response to that concept of work-life balance. I mean, it's kind of the same, another way to frame the same question. But is there, Ron, I mean, do you, how, have you, how do you think about balancing your work activities with your family activities or however you think about it? So, you know, in, prior to owning the, the, the business, my work was really disconnected from 
almost any kind of family conversation because right. no, nobody was involved in it, right? right, except for me. Yeah. And I'm not sure I even understood it, much less. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but owning the business, everybody understood it. Everybody yeah. knew it. And, you know, we didn't really talk about um, the daily stuff unless it was interesting. You yeah. know, I mean, if it was interesting, we met a really cool person. We had yeah. a great, you know, um, experience. We learned something new. I mean, mm -hmm. just something cool. You know, that's what we would kind of just naturally gravitate because it was more of a lifestyle thing. Yeah. Because um, we got to the point where at first we were working, I was working a lot and then got to the point where it was kind of uh, to the point where I was basically working three or four days a week. You know, yeah. so it gave us opportunity to to wind down, if you will, just settle down. Sure. And, you know, we would we just found ourselves, you know, enjoying talking about interesting things that came up, you know, yeah. and interesting people. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's kind of the goal. I, I do think it's hard um, in, in a lot of our corporate jobs to involve our spouses in what we're doing. And. And I would encourage, I mean, this is something I, I've said to our church a bunch of times, but encourage folks to, you have to wait until you start a business to, to bring your, your spouse in on your business, and in, in on your business life. I think she actually, God's given you a wife as a helper. Um, uh, and, and, you know, Adam was not good alone, so God gave him a helper. Um, and it wasn't a helper just to be a, a friend. It was a helper to help him with the task, the work, the mission um, that God's given him. So, um, so your wife, if you're not availing yourself, men, of your wife's counsel, wisdom, um, uh, input uh, about your business, whether, whether you're an employee or not, um, there's a lot that, that, that you probably should be bringing home, I think. There's, there's the complaining. There's the coming home and just griping about how terrible work is. That's not so helpful. Um, but if you can get your wife engaged in, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this particular career decision or problem in the business. What do you think? Um, I, I think a lot of times you'd be surprised at how much, because she knows you better than, than anybody in the world knows you, right? I think too, just one of the biggest things it, I've had to learn is being sensitive to what's going on in the family. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest problems come, it's not that there's, and we've kind of, depending on the season, we lax off on, you know, we, we need to not talk about the business. Yeah, but yeah. Um, a lot of times the problem is whenever I'm really excited about something going on yeah. and it's all I think about and I'm ignoring the fact that, um, you know, three of our kids are sick or yeah. they're having a big thing going on right. or my, what, what does my wife need? What do my kids need? Right. They need me to be present and, and sure. with them. And so... And so there is a balance. I mean, but that's sure. just in life, right? I mean, yeah. communicating and living with our families, caring for their needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's that's not good. that we, we say no work talk is allowed. Right. It's more just, you know, we need to be mature enough to, mm -hmm. to, to care about everything yeah. going on. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, okay. Given the persecution of Christian, that Christians are facing in the workplace right now with, with vaccines and, um, and regulations around celebrating uh, LGBTQ++ values, 
Um, do you see um, a parallel economy uh, emerging or flourishing amongst Christians? Do you, do, is that a potential development here? Get in there, Ron. No, it's a tough one. Uh, uh, this would be a, a, a slightly different comment, I guess, is that um, originally I kind of assumed that the government wouldn't let us do Christian things at work, right? right. I just assumed that's what, you couldn't do it, right? The government right. said you can't do this stuff. You've you been institutionalized. You can't pray, you can't have biblical material out, you can't right. have Christian stuff out at the workplace, you can't have a, you know, I just, I thought that's what the law said, you know, and, and, and I, was, I was dead wrong, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't say that. Yeah. And um, there's a, a lot of things you can do as a business owner to promote a Christian environment in your business, right? Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I'm almost to the point where I'm thinking um, the evil one has kind of, he, he planted that seed in my mind. He's mm -hmm. like, you know, if I can just get Ron to believe that, oh, you're not supposed to be able to do this, then right. he wasn't doing anything, right. which is what he's trying to do is just get us uh, to not take action, you know? So um, owning a business is, you know, a great place to be able to use your God-given and country-given right yeah. to, you know, express that you have Christian faith and you are going to run it in a Christian way. You have every right in the world to do that. There's, yeah. there's a couple of little gotchas you got to be worried about but other than that there's a lot of opportunity and yeah. i think that yeah there's a lot of kind of things going on out there in the world um but you know you can as a business owner you can create um a very strong christian um presence in there and and i think that just goes to this whole notion of how do you think about a business as a ministry mm -hmm. and you know i think that's a very uh, um, faith-driven, kingdom-driven focus thing for us to strive yeah. for. It's good. The Bible talks about us being unevenly yoked, hmm. you know, and I feel like that's a big part. It's like that's why you need community of other business owners and those kinds of things that the people that you're doing business with, your employees, um, even though, you know, a lot of our, our employees are not believers, um, you don't want to get in the situation where you're bending to their thoughts or uh, beliefs or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but I feel like that's a very important thing. I mean, even the people that you're in business with, I mean, I, I think of you, you know, having to work with hospitals or all these things like at some point in time, because, you know, they may be your business or whatever, they can start controlling. Right. You know, we've seen that a lot, even these past couple of years, but. Anyway. So you think about you think about who you're hiring and also who you're doing business with as you're applying the not being unequally yoked to, to those kinds of decisions too. Like you don't you don't want to get to a place to where to where uh, you've you've given up so much of the culture of your business or so much of the the profit drivers of your business to people who or or customers who who uh, don't share your uh, Values that, that now you're in a spot where you're you're being being forced to do something that you don't really want to do. 
Yeah, I think if you go in with that kind of mindset, um, and, I, and I think the other piece to this question is, I, I really do think um, we're in a time where, um, you know, I said in, in my opening remarks that, that business ownership, uh, owning productive property is a school for virtue. Um, and, and this is a time where um, I think what, what happens with a lot of people who start businesses is, is corporations or banks come in and extract the value that has been created by virtuous people and hand it off to companies who are not virtuous. And that's kind of the, the whole startup, I call it startup porn. You know, this whole, this whole subculture, you can get on the internet and just find all these stories of, you know, I hustled and then I exited for a bazillion dollars and you can do it too, you just gotta hustle. Um, and uh, and, it's, and it's, it's really propaganda, I think, in a lot of ways, that's put out by, um, by these, these corporations that, that, that need virtuous people to go out and take risks and do hard things so that businesses can get created, but they, but they don't have any interest in the virtue that created it. They just want the profit. Um, and so I do think we Christians need to stop spending our time and energy pouring all of our, our resources into building uh, companies that we hand off uh, and sell to, to people who don't share our values. Or, or we shouldn't be surprised when all the, all the corporations are evil. Um, so um, good question. I, I, the last thing I'll say about that is I, this kind of comes back to the, the anti-fragility thing. Is this, this is how you build, I think, anti-fragility into a community is, is this, this, you talked about having an unfair advantage for your kids because you have built a business and now that business gives you an, a built-in customer base for new businesses and, and, and it grows. That, that's what we're trying to build. I think that's what we should be wanting to build. We want a church community that can't be canceled. Right? I mean, we, like, it would be awesome if everybody in here was in a position to be able to say, I'm not going to bend my knee to that thing or that, you know, that thing that HR is telling me I have to do or say or, or whatever, and be able to, to say, no, I, I, I'm independent. I can do what I want. Um, and I've got this whole network of customers and partners who share the same values I do. So you know, go pound sand. Um, that's where I think we want to be. And I think that's, the, that's, that's the, the thrust of that question. Um, okay, question about, um, about paying yourself a salary with W-2. Uh, what are the pros and cons of that? Does anybody have a comment on that? It depends, I guess, on how you're organized. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, somebody. Um, so owning a business, um, Eventually, an accountant will probably tell you that you have to have a salary of some sorts. Um, but what they'll also tell you is that there are um, 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 bonuses, dividends, all that kind of stuff. Um, so what we did that, um, based upon that kind of advice, is is we 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 set up a nominal W-2 type salary. Okay. Um, and then um, there were quarterly and annual distributions that are taxed completely different and taxed less. 
Um, and then the other thing that we did is that um, even though our daughter was, <laughs> so um, our daughter was into everything, like, you know, yeah. every kind of activity known to mankind, dance, piano, all that stuff. And all those people wanted to be paid, right? Yeah. And so you can't, you can't write off any of that stuff. And so what we did is we, at a very early age, you know, she was on the payroll. Nice. Yeah. And so she would get a check and um, for, you know, working in the store and yeah. doing their various and sundry things. And she would get a check and she would go cash it and pay all these various people. Right. right? So there's <laughs> other ways to do that. But, yeah, we took a, w, a small W-2 and then took larger distributions. So the, the, if you didn't catch that, there's kind of a subtle... Uh, smart, sneaky thing that Ron was doing there, where um, he was, instead of paying himself and then going and paying a bunch of expenses, he was paying his daughter as an employee, which, which you were able to, to count against your income uh, as a business. And so it's a, it's a business expense, so it's not taxed income that comes through him and is taxed at the higher income rate. Um, and, his, and his daughter's broke, so she's probably in the 0% tax bracket. So all of that money's going to his daughter at 0%, and then she can spend it on her expenses. Anyway, fun things you can do with taxes and, and, and things when you own your business. I can add just one more quick thing that we've learned is, um, you know, for, for a business, you want to make sure it's viable. You want to find out how viable is this thing as quick as possible. And one of the, the most difficult, I, th I, I think it's been one of the, it's always one of the last steps, at least for us, is um, what's your replacement value? How much does it cost to replace me hmm. or uh, Jason or you know, somebody in any role, that, any role in the company, what's the replacement value? Hmm. And if you're not paying that, then you don't know if your business is viable. Hmm. That's um, a good point. And so <clears throat> for us, we needed to get ourselves to, um, our accountant wanted us to a realistic wage. Um, so because otherwise you could be liable for tax fraud if you're, if you're paying yourself a you know, $15,000 salary as a CEO of a multi-million dollar company, then they're gonna see that as hmm. tax fraud because you're paying yourself through um, distributions. Hmm. Um, so they want to see a somewhat comparable yeah. wage. Um, regardless though, for our company, we wanted to say, okay, this company is, uh, is viable and, and able to replace us at any time. We're not going to, we're not going to have a $50,000 surprise mm -hmm. because I'm paying myself $50,000 less than somebody else is going to require. Right. That makes sense. Which I'm sure I am. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the thought. Yeah. A lot, you know. Yeah, it's good. Don't try to do your business tax on TurboTax. Okay. okay. Find someone who knows what they're doing that can, you can ask questions to. I, yeah. We were we were at CPAs that we were at a car wash. I mean, you'd go in there and they would just just as fast as I mean, you ask a question and every answer goes over your head and it was just like trying to get you out of there as fast as you can yep. you know your tax return was fifteen hundred dollars for a corporate tax return and we had several of those and whatever and it's like you didn't have to understand it you know as a business you don't have to understand you need to understand some of it you don't have to understand all of it but at least have someone that does understand it who can yeah. bring these things to question like he's talking about that 
you're paying yourself, oh yeah, man, this is a lower tax bracket over here. I'm gonna pay myself $20,000 with a W-2 yeah. and then I'm gonna take all this distribution. Well, no, you're gonna get in trouble for that. Yeah. You know, you need to stop right now and, and let's, let's adjust your salary to what it should be for someone that's doing your job. For sure, for sure. Um, this question wasn't asked, except that I've, I've, I've had this asked a couple times in the last week or so on this topic, but none of the three of you guys um, raised money. Um, you guys all more or less bootstrapped it, uh, right? Jason, did you bring in investors to buy stuff? No, but I regretfully got a loan um, okay. with the Small Business Administration. Oh, fun. Um, along with my bank. So I got my bank portion and yep. then it was matched by the SBA. Okay. And you know, it sounds good going in and if you have to do that to start your business, I guess I would say yeah. okay, but you know, you have prepayment penalties, you have all these fees associated with it. It really ends up yeah. coming back and I, it's gone now. I mean, yep. I I paid the prepayment penalty got out of my life, but yeah. Um but yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, so I mean, the lesson there is, you know, the borrower is slave to the lender. Um, and I, I do think we have to be, as Christians, wise about where we get money uh, to start businesses. And, um, and I think it's a pretty good rule to stay away from the government, you know, if you can. Um, right? Uh, you know, I mean, our, our, uh, most colleges in America, uh, the majority of the revenue that flows into the college is coming from the government. So most colleges uh, in America, most of the money is not coming from tuition. So who do they care about um, pleasing and keeping happy um, their students or or the government, right? Um, and th and that's a that you know the government's insidious in, in the ways that they offer free money, grants, loan forgiveness, etc. But they they get strings in there, and uh, they're going to pull those strings at some point. Um, I, I run a business that I had to raise money uh, to, to, to get my business off the ground. I mean, it was, it was kind of bootstrapped, and then they brought me in and had a, some of my, my position funded, but I had to go raise money um, to, to, to pay myself and also our employees. Um, and I, when I started my, the two businesses that failed um, previously, I didn't raise any money. And, and looking back on that now, um, if I could have done it again, I would have raised money. Um, so that, I won't get into lots of detail on that, but, but you don't have to give away, you don't have to go into debt to raise money. You can, you can, you can give people a, a portion of your company um, in order to, uh, to start your business, um, and you don't have to give up control of your company. Um, so, and if you're smart and you only raise from people that bring value, that share your values, that bring actual strategic value to your business, that can help you get customers, they can help you figure out problems in the business that you don't understand how to, how to figure out. You've actually now gained a partner who has skin in the game. Um, and there's a lot of people out there, wealthy people, that are going to give their money to the government uh, because they, they, they're in a high income you know, tax bracket. And they'd rather give it to something they believe in. Um, and so there's a lot of money out there. Um, to, to be had if you're willing to go out and, and do the work to find it and, and ask for it. And, and, and I just, that, that's one of those lessons that I had to learn um, because of the way, the nature of the job I was in. Um, I wish I had learned earlier because I think I would have had more success in some of my other ventures. Okay, we're kind of out of time. So I'm gonna end it with, uh, with one last question here. Um, so 
let's do this one. Um, I think the question that, that we're getting to here on this one is, is you know, what if you, uh, what if you do feel like you have a lot to lose? Um, you know, what, what if you, I, I don't think any of you guys, I mean, Caleb's story was he was dirt poor, uh, and so, um, and so he felt like maybe he didn't have as much to lose at that moment. Um, but what, what if you're somebody who's got a really, a pretty expensive lifestyle, um, and, uh, and a, a career trajectory that's headed, you know, in a, in a, what appears to be a really great place. What, what is your, you know, what is your advice to them? Um, and I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll preview this by saying I've, I've, I've had several friends who have told me about this thing today. Don't go tell a bunch of people to quit their jobs, you know, who have really good jobs. Like we don't, we don't need a bunch of people who, who don't know how to run business, who don't want to run business to go out and quit their jobs hastily and, and then be uh, unable to provide for their family. So what do you guys, what, what would your advice be to somebody who, who's, who's interested but feels scared? Um, so, I mean, to an extent, that was me. You know, I, um, I had a really good job. I was vice president of a company. I had um, a wife and a young daughter. We had a big house. We had all the stuff, right? Um, one other little tidbit that I didn't talk about is that I had a heart condition. Hmm. So I was now going into private insurance and uh, they said, hey, yeah, we'll cover your wife and daughter and we're gonna cover you except for your heart for a year. And I'm like, so, you know, we, 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 uh, it, 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 you talk about, you know, and I, I, to do the deal, I had to mortgage the house yeah, and take out a huge loan. I mean, this is, I didn't have that kind of money. I mean, it was a lot of money. And, and so I was like, um, it was a big deal, but what was interesting about it, and I'm not encouraging somebody to roll the dice. I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that at all, but, um, you know, you look at all that kind of stuff in a set of bullet points and you're like, wow, that's a lot, I guess, you know, but honestly, when I, part of it was getting to that moment where it was this overwhelming sense of this is the right thing to do. This is what mm -hmm. I'm almost called to do. I'm going to do this before the end of my life here on earth. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I found the business, I was able to understand it and do enough research where honestly, I was not losing sleep over it. Yeah. I, I honestly did not lose any sleep over it. Some people may look at it as a huge risk, but because of the bullet points of what I was giving up, so to speak, but it made total sense to me. Mm. And, you know, um, so I, I think if you can get to that point where, where, you've, where you've done enough homework and you can see that it makes sense, mm -hmm. um, that might be that might be an indication, you know. But sure. I would say, um, you know, we did lose a lot of sleep. Yeah. We lost a lot of sleep and a lot of, you know, um, a lot of family time. We we lost a lot of things that we don't get back. Mm -hmm. You know, time is something that there's only so much of a day. So, um, 
But I, for us, I would always say, you know, if you are, you have a cush job, or you're, you're, you know, making a great salary, you have to be willing to go on the adventure of possibly losing, you know, everything. You have to be willing, am I willing to start all over mm -hmm. if this thing doesn't succeed? Mm -hmm. And that for us, I mean, even though it's scary for my wife, that was just something I was, it's yeah. like, if we have to start all over, do I, can I, can I um, stay in the building business? Can I start all over and start a building business from scratch? If this thing doesn't yeah. pan out, can I, I mean, for, for many of you that work somewhere, you have something that you're really good at, yeah. you know, that's marketable, you yeah. know? So it's like, can you start all over with another company if your business doesn't succeed? Do you have something to fall back on in some way in that sense? I think a lot of people in this room could answer yes. Yeah. I have something to fall back on, but it is. I mean, yeah. it is a risk. He was saying, don't roll the dice. Make sure you have a viable plan of some business plan that sure. you feel like is successful. Don't just jump off the edge and say, well, I'm just going to try this. I've already quit my job, but I don't really know what I'm going to do yet. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I, I'll just say this is something I, in, uh, in uh, the four hour work week, I think, is, is, is where I learned this. Uh, what's that guy's name? Tim? He, he talks about uh, the fear of the unknown. I think it's in that book. Um, and how a lot of times, given something terrible uh, that you know, uh, like a, a crappy job, uh, and the unknown, um, people will choose the devil they know um, every time uh, over the unknown, because the unknown is just scary. Uh, but I think what, what Jason said is exactly the exercise you just, have to, you just have to be diligent to do. Turn the unknown into the known. Um, what would happen if this thing crashed and burned? Like, what actually would happen? Let's think about it. Let's actually write it down. Okay, uh, no more money. Can't pay off a debt. Okay, we have, we have to go into we go into bankruptcy. Okay, we're bankrupt. Then what? Uh, we sell the house. Okay, we sell the house. What next? Okay, we go live at our parents' house. Okay, could we live with that? Like, what would happen then? Uh, get a job at Home Depot. Okay, then what? You know, it's like, well, then I, then I'd figure out how to get another job. Okay, like. At that point, it's like, okay, am I willing for that outcome to play itself out? Um, or in your case, you've got skills, and you know, we've got different skills to fall back on. So I think that's the, I think that that's the kind of the devil piece that you were talking about earlier. That that sort of accusation that is whispering in your ear and 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 creating that fear. Um, I think if you do the diligence to actually walk, allow yourself to walk through the scenario. Like a lot of times you find out like, oh, I can, I can live with that. Like I could actually, that's not that bad. It's not too bad. Anyway, you're gonna say something. It, it, no, that's great. Uh, I, I've, you know, for me, it was um, finding that alternative, right? Yeah. So ahead of time, it was just talk. It was just theory. But once I really found something and was able to do the research and, and put some basic ideas and numbers together, and the more I started getting involved in actually there, yeah. it became a whole lot more real and a whole lot better choice, right? Mm -hmm. So ahead of time, it was just theory and it could have been kind of crazy scary, but, right. but I didn't know the other choice, right? In right. clarity, but once I found the other thing and it became a lot more clear, then it became um, a much easier thing to think through, mm -hmm. you know, with the kind of, you know, process you're talking about yeah 
But who's to say that your current job, you know, next yeah. week or even in the coming months is not going to ask something of you that you're not willing to, to do? Yeah. I think that's the other side of we're entering into times in life and in workplaces. Like, whoever thought the workplace would become this battlefield of, like, yeah. I mean, just stuff coming out of nowhere. Um, that's the other side of things. It's like, are you willing to take that risk as well as staying where you are? Right. Well, one of the cool things about business is it forces you to, to make connections. I think it's really easy to be isolated and just live in your suburban home and not have to make friends with anybody and go to your drive in your little car to your cubicle and sit in the cubicle and then drive back and just be this little atom, this little atomistic person. When you start to run a business, you have to like engage with employees, you have to engage with customers, um, you have to engage with partners, and what ends up happening is you're forging a network, you're forging relationships, and if you're ethical and you do good work, um, you can't get canceled. I mean, let's say the government shuts you down. You still have built this network now of all of these people who know you, respect you, love you, and, and would love to do business with you when you start your next thing. You know, so, so I think that the, the, corporate, the current corporate model we have is designed to kind of keep us all isolated and afraid and alone. And, and I think um, the, the vision is that we, that we become uh, more anti-fragile um, and, and, and that those fears start to go away because I've got, I've got this business and that business and this property and these relationships and these you know, uh, connections. So anyway, I think that's a good place maybe to end uh, the conversation. Thank you guys for staying an extra 15 minutes. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and I hope that this will be the beginning of more of these kinds of things. Um, I've got a network of, of friends who are interested in um, supporting startups, supporting uh, people who are wanting to go into business. Um, I think there's a lot more out there than, than, uh, than we probably know. Uh, people like Ron, who are actually building things to start to help people start. So. I'm available if anybody has questions or wants to make connections. Um, I'm sure these guys would be willing to talk as well. Um, so thanks for coming. And uh, let's, let's give a hand one more time to our, our awesome panel. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.